Unfortunately, Cleveland Guardians fans, was a loss on opening day, but even sadder. You can't keep nice things. We can't have it all. Uh, you know, one legend signs and stays, and another gets traded out of town. Goodbye, sweet prince. We will miss you, Bradley Zimmer. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Did you really think I was <laughs> not make some jokes off the top of this podcast about the Bradley Zimmer situation and everything going on? Uh, of course not. Of course I had to do or say something. Uh, the distaste in the fan base for Bradley Zimmer has been so high, and I get it. He is a very limited player. Uh, he has some things he does well. I thought he'd net more, I'll be honest. I thought he would net more than what he netted. Uh, we'll get into that more in segment two of the show today. But it's a logical trade, and he has more value to the Blue Jays. He has more value uh, to a lot of teams. And I'm sure this is exactly the trade Blue Jays fans have been expecting. Uh, I mean, I've been getting a lot of questions from Blue Jays fans about trades between the Guardians and the um, the Blue Jays. And I'm pretty sure it was Bradley Zimmerman was their target in all those trades, as I recall. So uh, they finally get the guy that they've been uh, trying to land for months and months. Uh, that's That's my recollection of it all. Let's get into the game today. So Ahmed Rosario... Kind of showing again. <sighs> yeah, he, he might have a 100. You know, he's last year he was about league average. He could be better than that in terms of bat. But what do you do with him defensively? Because we <laughs> tried him in center. It was a disaster. Left field was not great today. Not great at all. Um, he's a below average defender at short. I don't know what you do. That's just, I don't know how you proceed with him. And that's why, I mean, the, the obvious thing is, is second base. He's a second baseman. Any other position, he is going to play below league average. And that is why I'm still all for, like, you know, when I was joking, I talked about on yesterday's show about trading Ahmed Rosario. Uh, ben over at Lockdown Giants is like, we'll take him. They have needs. I mean, they're counting on Tommy Lestella, who was not great a year ago and is currently hurt. Uh, the Angels, we've talked about. Andrew Velasquez at one point was projected to be their starting shortstop uh, it's now Fletcher remember so Fletcher moves off seconds and a second base is a black hole for them and of course uh the White Sox who you know people are like oh, they wouldn't trade with the White Sox they're competing with the White Sox they traded him Cesar last year and that's Cesar trade like that's just you know the chef's kiss trade like right that is a perfect trade why is that a perfect trade because the White Sox got Cesar and assumed he would be their second baseman for this year and next year which allowed them to then go out and flip um, Nick Madrigal and Cody Hewer for Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell was horrible for them. Hewer was the better pitcher of the two in the second half. Uh, the White Sox now have no second baseman. They were able to flip Kimbrell for uh, Pollock. I thought that was actually a really good deal for the White Sox, so it wasn't a complete win. But the Guardians made a trade, and the White Sox got worse for that trade. And then the, the Guardians got a pitcher who's on the roster right now in that deal, a lefty. Uh, so that was, you know, it, don't be afraid to make a trade. You want to, what's more important is how big you win, not if the other 
team wins that you're competing against. It's more important about how big you can win it. And the Guardians right now looks like won that one uh, pretty substantially big. Horrible way to phrase that. But going back to this game today, you know what stood out for me first and foremost, the thing you have to be the most excited about, Stephen Kwan. I'm not excited that he's batting seventh. You know, in my initial lineups, I had him batting fifth. Just because, you know, honestly, in a perfect world, you consider him for two, or you consider him at three or four. And I know you're out there being like, four, that's for power hitters. That's the outdated thought. Like, you know, there's, you want to get as your guys shuffle through the lineup as many times as possible. Uh, You want to get your best hitters up there more often. And it's just about stacking your lineup with your best hitters, um, one through nine. It, you know, any of these things uh, doesn't really matter as much in terms of the how it balances things out. It, it just you want to get your best hitters more at bats. I mean, there is, you know, especially with the change to the Lugie rule, there's a little more logic to not having you know handedness all in a row. But yeah, it, it, you want to get your better hitters at the top. But Quan, major league debut. A hit and two walks. Reaches base three times. Should we go? Let's do what we've always done. Who reached base multiple times? It's Quan and it's Miles Straw. Straw had two hits and a walk and a stolen base in this one. In my lockdown now, I forgot to mention the the walk. I wish I could say I watched the game, but uh, after giving T-Mobile all that credit, the MLB TV didn't work for me, and I'm still fighting with them to try to get access. Ah, so I couldn't actually watch this game. I know it was the free game. I also had meetings after school and um, I wasn't going to drive and watch so unfortunately by the time I got home uh, the game was essentially done it was disappointing in that regard but uh, you know I watched the highlights I watched the videos I watched the uh, you know uh, I don't think the compression is out yet I'll eventually watch the compressed game when I get an opportunity if I get an opportunity if uh, T-Mog will configure their junk out overall on this one Shane Bieber Four and two-thirds, three hits, one earned run, four strikeouts. Very strong performance. Shaw, the third of an inning is probably what you actually want to see him do, come in a situation like that, except for the fact it just sets him up to get all those appearances and for him to earn a ridiculous amount of money next year because he's going to make a ton of appearances. Tristan McKenzie, hard luck loser in this one. You know, the the walk came out to hurt him, and that's really, like, I looked at this line, and that was what stood out. Three innings, two walks. Because that was his problem a year ago, Were was the walks. When he started walking guys at a higher rate is really what got him into trouble. So that's what I'm looking for with him. Uh, Bobby Bradley with an error and, you know, over two. I just, I wonder how many days he's got left. I, honestly, with this team, I am all for, let's have Yu Chen Chang play first. He, he moved over to that position. I mean, I know he went over four with two strikeouts. not exactly a stellar day for him. But I, I'm totally ready to put Chang at first, um, Rosario at uh, second base, or Jimenez, and then uh, Arias at shortstop, or you know someone like Nolan Jones in the outfield. Like figure out, figure it out. Let's just leave it there. Uh, Hedges with um, you know a few nice saves, but he's just such and that negative with the uh, with the bat. Uh, Nicky Lopez, this should have been a 3-2 game, but he I saw his diving catch taking it away. Uh, let's let's do the box add-up. Let's see if the score reflected what we see. So you have five hits for Kansas City, who also walked. So they had and an error slate, eight, eight uh, base runner opportunities. 
the Guardians had four walks and seven hits. They had 11 base runner opportunities. Again, they had guys get on base. They just couldn't get them. I mean, even at the end there, talked about how good Miles Straw was. He struck out with men on. They had a lot of innings with men on, and it felt like that similar story from a year ago where you're getting on base, but you're just not getting them in. And we'll have, it's one game. It's one game. I'm not going to overdo it, except for my, my Stephen Kwan excitement. Uh, three stars of this one, you know, as we did a year ago. Steve Kwan, he's getting a star. Miles Straw is getting a star. Uh, it comes down to the last one is Jose Ramirez or Shane Bieber. I'm going to go with Bieber for the, you know, let's see, he only threw 72 pitches. Uh, and I forgot to mention with McKenzie on top of the two walks, he also had the wild pitch. But, yeah, Bieber, four and two-thirds, 72. I mean, he was ex- incredibly efficient in this one. Uh, unfortunate they could not ride him to the victory. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, going forward in this series. You can still win the series. Still totally preserve this uh, for, uh, you know, to start off on the right foot, as it were. But, yeah, I just look at everything that's going on here, and I'm like, well, it was a okay game. They it just stranding the base runners. That's the killer in this. Hopefully Steve Kwan moves up in the lineup. Hopefully he does play every day. Uh, and again, I am, I know it's the first, I'm like preaching calmness to me. Like I'm ready to trade Rosario and just be done with Bobby Bradley. But those are points of view I've had since last season. So it's not me jumping on anything. It's just me being like, okay, we kind of know what we got here. Uh, let's move it on. And for everyone who's like, well, come on, he can at least be league average problem with a league average bat with rosario is he's not going to be here august 1st he's not he's on the same timeline as jose ramirez was he is going to be a you know a free agent in two years he is not someone who's here for the long haul so that's kind of where i am with that uh you know like i said the videos it was a fun game it's a little bit annoying that like you know bobby wood jr is bobby wood jr and he had the one big hit, but he had he reached base one time, and he's he was all the talk. Steve Kwan reached base three out of four opportunities. Uh, yes, was it wasn't a double for Wit in his yeah his first hit was a double, but Kwan reached base more. He was more effective in this one, and he should be the player we're really talking about. And that's kind of what I want to focus in on for this first game. We're gonna come back for segment two here in a moment. We'll talk about. Uh, the sad departure of our our center fielder. He may not be a center fielder for the Guardians anymore, but he will always be a center fielder for the Guardians in our hearts. Our first sponsor today is BuiltBar.com. I have not gotten my chirps, but I did put in for an order of yellow chirps. I will let you know how they are. Currently, other and I did a I did yellow chirps in an order of churro for my latest box. I'm currently down to eggnogs and craves. I threw away my last box. I just have about five bars in my bag. That is what I have for lunch every day. Special flavors right now. Caramel brownie is back and on sale. They have brownie batter, the yellow chirp, the raspberry cheesecake, which is back and on sale, as well as ruby chocolate and caramel almond delight. I eat Built Bar daily. They gave it to me for free, and now I can't help but order more. I love Built Bar. If you give it a try, I am sure you will love it too. Go to BuiltBar.com today. You Remember to use that promo code LOCKED15 to save 15%. You'll start building up your belt bucks and you'll be saving even more money before you know it. That is builtbar.com, promo code LOCK15 for the best tasting A in my health food app uh, protein bar you will find out there. So let's get into the Bradley Zimmer of it, right? We'll, uh, we'll do a preview for the rest of the series in segment three. We've got to talk about the Bradley Zimmer trade. And, 
you know, what stands out when you're looking at something like this Bradley Zimmer deal is, for most fans, is the addition by subtraction. Let's be honest about that. Uh, and there was a point last year, I mean, you can go find the podcast where I'm like, he has earned the right field spot. He's finally putting things together. I was not alone in that. I believe, like, I read a Zach Meisel piece that provided some of the stats I used in that. It's not a knock on Zach. It's not a knock on anyone. It's just he looked like he had finally was going to become the player that everyone thought he was. I mean, remember, it's like Zimmer and Frazier coming up. That was going to be the outfield for the next decade, unfortunately. Frazier is now on his third team. Uh, Zimmer is on his second. And neither one has been able to establish themselves. But, I mean, Zimmer, <laughs> you want to get really sad? Zimmer, I believe, is still the fifth best outfielder in terms of war the Guardians have drafted since the year 2000. We'll just let that sink in for a moment. That's how bad it's been. That's that's how bad it has been in terms of that. I loved Zimmer as a draft pick. That was one of my favorite draft picks of the last 10 years. You know, I've learned a lot since then. This isn't. I don't want to just be constantly like burying the guy, as I do think he has value, and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, I had him as a top 10 player in that class. I was trying to pull out my 2014 data and it's this unfortunate situation. It's kind of, it's my year where there's like massive gaps. I pulled out my old computer. It's over here. Uh, and I was, cause I was talking with the uh, David Gaspar from uh, the Brewers. He does uh, writes for one of the Brewer sites. Sorry, David, if you're listening and I couldn't remember your site. Uh, b- good dude does good work. Brewers are a fun team. Sorry, I want to just move my mic a little bit out of the way here. doesn't need to be blocking everything. Uh, but they took Cody Medeiros that year at 11, who I had going to uh, Kansas City at 28. Uh, I was looking it up. You know, it's funny because I was doing all that. I can't tell you who I had going to the Guardians in that mock, but I had Bradley Zimmer going in the teens in my final mock. And I remember having him as one of the top 10 players in that class. Now the next year, after that 2014 draft class, um the would be when I'd become the the writer for Scout. That's when I'd get my national gig. That was my last year. And I look back at what I wrote and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I had like eight years and a lot. Because that's the thing. Once I got the gig at Scout, it became, first it was contractual. I had to do three articles a week, uh, including one mock and one big board a month. Then after that, it became my own site. And if I didn't make anything, then I didn't make any money. So you had, I, you know, you just did more and more and I got better and better. I mean, some of you might disagree, but I'd like to think that. But one of the things about Zimmer that I did not uh, really take into account at the time was the strikeout percentage. And like now that'd be a huge red flag that he's, a, you know, University of San Francisco friar. He's a small school dude striking out 30% of the time. I would probably not put a Bradley Zimmer in the first round anymore i would not make him he would not make my top 40 players he probably wouldn't make my top 50 players uh he was ninth then you know you learn you grow and you advance and if you don't uh then you can write for several newspapers (laughs) but it's important to like look at that data and know and now realize that again zimmer still has value uh not to the guardians but like there's there are teams that if you know, I still think Philly, he, he could be a starting center fielder. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm crazy. If he's the the equivalent of Austin Hedges, but in center field, which is what he kind of projects to be, then there's value in that. Like, can he probably hit 15 home runs a year while having a well below league average on base percentage, a low batting average, lots of strikeouts, and plus plus defense in center field? Absolutely. And I think for the right team, there's value. For the Guardians, when you already have Miles Straw, 
you don't really need that. When you have Oscar Mercado, you don't really need that. His value was not here to this organization. I think it's a good pickup for Toronto um, in terms of just, you know, they've added Tapia, and he could maybe even platoon with Tapia for them. Uh, no, he can't platoon with him. They're both lefties. Remember, that's the thing. They specifically wanted left-handed bats because right now uh, the entire lineup for Toronto outside of Kevin Biggio is right-handed. And that's, that is the opposite for a long time there. Like when Shapiro was actually with the guardians, they targeted left-handed bats because more often than not, you're going to face right-handers, right-handers, right-handed pitching. And in most matchups, it's an advantage. Now it's also why this team for a long time would get absolutely murdered by even remotely uh, average lefties, but you're facing a significantly higher percentage of right-handers than left-handers. So in this situation for them, you know, they get another left-handed bat to put on their bench they're continuing to kind of figure things out there. You know, it's a team that's got a good bullpen. It's got a good rotation. It's got a good lineup. They just need a little more balance. Uh, they still could, you know, use... It was funny, because even after adding Matt Chapman, they still wanted Jose. And it's like, where does he play? Like, where is really the weakness in Tampa or Tampa in uh, Toronto right now? I don't see it. Like, unless you're just not a, if you think Kevin Biggio is really not the option at second base, that what we saw years ago wasn't what he really is and he's going to struggle, then I guess. But this is a team that's just stacked. They are stacked. I'll be curious to see uh, what other deals could come. But I mean, they are, they're set up to play well. There's a reason why a lot of people have them as a World Series favorite. Like, let's just be honest about that. So we've talked about Zimmer going. And again, I think there is value to him. I just wish, you know, I don't know if he could ever figure it out. It's the same, like, one could argue he's a lot of similarities with Will Benson. Uh, He's faster than Benson, but it's like that same story. Like, for a long time there, they drafted guys and then tried to fix swings, and it just, it did not occur. Uh, In terms of the prospect they're getting back, Anthony Castro I can kind of sum up, you know, how highly thought of a prospect he is by uh, Toronto got him uh, after Detroit cut him. Uh, what's funny was when I was looking at what happened, it's like the same day um, Toronto added Castro. They also added Walter Lockett, who was with the Guardians for all of like a month and a half. I don't know if you remember him. I went and I looked up. They traded Ignacio Feliz. Um, and I feel like there was one other piece who went to San Diego for Walter Lockett. They were just looking for pitching depth. No, no, it was just Ignacio Feliz because what they did was they traded Sam Hagerty and Lockett after Lockett had been there like two months to get Kevin Plowecki. So a uh, former Guardian, <laughs> I don't even know if he even like wore a uniform. Uh, Walter Lockett, was. they picked him up the same day they picked up uh, Anthony Castro. Castro had been a top 20 prospect in Detroit system. Not a big kid, and he sits more low 90s, but he's hit upper 90s. He's hit like 98, 99. Uh, you know, it's interesting, like, reading a Fangraphs report, reading, like, a Bless Our Boys, um, you know, a Detroit blog. You know, some talking about a slur, some talking about a 12-6 curve. He's got one decent secondary pitch, essentially. Um, the fastball does have—but here's the thing. The fastball and the curve uh, both have good spin rates. We know the Guardians value that. There's some natural spin and movement on both of them. Uh, Detroit— you know, couldn't really figure him out as a reliever. He was higher rated than Brian Garcia, who I think is still in their pen. Uh, like I was reading the article over at Bless You Boys about him, where they talked about why he was rated ahead of him. You know, he's not big; he's six foot one. 
and he probably should have been moved to the relief role earlier. Toronto had him for a year. Uh, He hasn't had a ton of experience in the big leagues, but he's missed bats. Now, command has always been an issue, and we've talked about that. That's actually not something Cleveland does a great job of improving. When they've gotten uh, players that have command and control issues, uh, they haven't really seemed to improve the command or the control issue. They they do better finding an extra gear. Like maybe you find that gear that allows um, Castro to touch those upper reaches more often. I mean, that would be potentially interesting. Let's see, at this point in time, I was trying to look at his major league career. He's appeared in 25.2 innings. So it's, you know, take that for what it is. But in those innings, his strikeout per nine... I lost it. I did have it, and now I lost it. It was 11.57 with a walk per nine of 3.16. Now, across his minor league career, I believe his walks per nine were like over four, and his strikeouts per nine were like eight and a half. So he's actually performed better in the big leagues. Uh, The Guardians need more arms. They did. He's an interesting developmental arm. I'm not saying that he is going to be a future part of the bullpen. I'm not saying he's even a future part of this team. Uh, he is just an arm they can take a swing at who can help them in terms of depth. They also save, what, one point, uh, probably close to a million dollars on this trade, which I think also factors in. That's not me saying that, like, the Guardians are cheap because they, if they were cheap, they would have just cut Zimmer and not even tried to save any value. Uh, it's more that that's a bonus. Some monetary savings, I think, is, is part of why they were willing to accept this lesser deal. Uh, Castro, like I said, and then you just, we know they do well with pitching development. We know they have a good eye for it. So maybe there's something more there. You know, sometimes you find more, sometimes you don't. Man, what was the deal where they got Kyle Dowdy, uh, Leonis Martin and Kyle Dowdy for um, Willie Castro Jr.? Is that the the shortstop? Uh, But yeah, it's, you know, Dowdy, they were able to add velocity, start throwing things he'd never thrown, but he still never really made it like you know he got taken on the rule five uh we'll see if they can add some more velocity i mean people talk about like i read the fan graphs piece as well they're like well the, you know toronto's had him but detroit does a good job teaching pitch shape and i'm like detroit might but like cleveland's had success um finding an extra gear with some detroit arms in the past so yeah we'll see it's not the worst return it's not the best return it's kind of addition by subtraction and it's a way to deal with a obvious hole on this team we're going to come back and do our compare and contrast, see which team I favor in the rest of this series. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.net, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live bets, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. We'll start getting into what the lines are on games uh, very soon with our good friends over at Bet Online. So let's go through. Let's what has been a popular thing in the past is we compare kind of position by position, go through, add it up, and see who the favorite should be just in terms of overall, uh, you know, positional strength. So if we're talking about Guardians versus Royals, catcher Royals. We don't really need to see any more. First base, Carlos Santana versus Bobby Bradley. Uh, Santana has certainly been in a decline. It it caught up to him last year. He did not look great out of the gate uh, today. I think right now, 
Santana is still probably, even at his age, a better defender. So I think that is a second advantage. If you had to ask me who I'd rather have, it's Carlos Santana. So I think that's advantage, Kansas City. Moving to second base, Yu Chen Chang versus Nicky Lopez. Uh, Chang has a chance to be the better hitter, but Lopez is a defensive whiz. He is brings a lot of value. There could be a gold glove candidate at second base. Advantage, Kansas City. Shortstop, uh, Alberto Mondesi versus Andres Jimenez. Uh, you would traditionally think Mondesi with his experience and everything else in that position. I am high especially just the defensive profile he is presented when he is there. I'm high on Jimenez. I think Jimenez is going to outperform him this year. Mondesi peaked at a 2.8, 2.4. I think Jimenez is a legit three-tool guy. So now it is a uh, only a two-point advantage going to third base. <laughs> Easy one for the Guardians. One-point advantage moving to the outfield. Uh, let's start with DH, though, actually, before we move to the outfield position in terms of these two teams. So you have Fran Mil Reyes for the Guardians and the DH Hunter Dozier for Kansas City. I think that is advantage Guardians. Uh, Dozier had the one great year, one really strong year, and one okay year, and everything else has been below average. So now it is all tied up, heading to the outfield. <laughs> Famous last words. Right field, left field, advantage uh, Kansas City. Like Steve Kwan, if everything works out, he's kind of Whit Merrifieldy. Uh, but at this point in time, I think Whit Merrifield is probably still the better player. Andrew Benintendi is better than uh, Ahmad Rosario. And then moving to center field, Straw is better than um, Michael A. Taylor, even if Taylor won the gold glove. Straw does a little bit more at the bat. So one-point advantage going through lineups for Kansas City. Moving to starting rotation, Granke, Keller, Bubik, Hernandez, Lynch uh, versus... You know, we know the Guardians rotation. Advantage, Guardians. They they have the better rotation. Bullpen, advantage, Kansas City. Overall advantage in terms of matchup team to team is Kansas City. Kansas City is a slightly better squad right now. It is close, but it's just, that's the case. Now, it's close enough where you're like, it's matchup to matchup. Saturday, Keller versus Plesak. I think that is advantage, Guardians, in the pitching matchup. Um Sorry, I just saw that uh, Daniel Tillo was who they designated for assignment for Bobby Wood Jr. I liked him coming out of, like, what was the Juco in, in Iowa? Doesn't matter. <laughs> We're moving through. Uh, and then I think there's a strong advantage with Quantrell versus Bubik. And then Monday, Carlos Hernandez versus Savali is, again, a pitching advantage to the Guardians. They have a chance to win all three. They could totally drop all three. It should be a close series. I, if I was a betting man... I would go against Plesak and then expect them to pick up the Quantrell and Savale games uh, in this one. Uh, I will, I mean, part of the thing we have to really look at, consider, and debate to a degree is uh, just the importance of these piggybacking starts. You know, that uh, we saw Tristan McKenzie go three innings. We saw, you know, Bieber was fantastic, but then went four and two thirds. That's going to be a big part of this early season, and that's also part of the reason they went out and made the trade. We talked about they needed, they had too many hitters on their 40-man, and they needed to add some arms. Uh, they went out and added an arm. I didn't introduce myself at the start of the show today. I was so eager to get into it, nor did I thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. Go check out our good friends, Lindsay, who uh, was on last week on Lockdown Prospects, and Sully over at Lockdown MLB. I retweeted his In Memoriam video he makes every year. It's a fantastic piece. Go check that out as well. 
Uh, remember to rate and review. It really helps the show. Um, download daily. You know, you can listen to me on fast speed. I already talk kind of fast to begin with, I understand, so I'm sure it'll go very quickly. But just the act of downloading and then playing, uh, even if you can't listen that day, even if you're like, oh, I may not get to that episode, it really, really helps. If everyone downloaded daily, we'd easily make those top 10 podcasts, which is our goal, right? Our goal is to be, uh, to finally crack the top 10 on the Locked On podcasts. Uh, additionally, we're up over 100 subscribers on YouTube. We have doubled in the past week. So if you have not, I would still appreciate anyone who goes there and subscribes. And I respond to every comment on the YouTube. So, uh, I mean, I try to do that on the Twitter as well, but sometimes I get buried over at Jeff MLB Draft. Remember to hit me up with questions uh, that you want for the mailbag. Same mailbag question, because we will be certainly getting into the mailbag now that the season is going and there will be a lot more questions to ask. Uh, that's That's all for today. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on Guardians Podcast. Remember to do everything I just said. And as I end every episode now, go, go, Guardians, go.